careful. Don't make a mess. Ugh. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to Hops and Elbow Drops. It's Sean here, the resident beer dude, all that good stuff. Um, and Oh, Alex, your local wrestling expert. There you go. Uh, today we are talking about a Canadian phenomenon. Canadian hero. Yeah. He's not the destroyer, though. That's Lance Storm. No, it wasn't Lance Storm. It was whatever. Yeah, Petey Williams. I'm sorry. Lance, <laughs> Lance Storm comes to mind too often. Not at wrong times, actually, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, today, uh, we are going to be talking about Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. And, and the rest of the bunch. Uh, yeah, the WCPW uh, Canadian World Cup of Pro Wrestling qualifier. And the fact that we we're going to be going to it Absolutely. this upcoming weekend. That's right. Uh, Sunday, the 14th of May. Yeah. Uh, it's a week from yesterday or, well, when you're hearing this, it'll be whenever it is. Maybe yeah. it'll already have happened. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we'll um, probably tweet stuff about it. So you'll probably see it. Yeah. If you follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter handle. It's yeah, at, hops and Elbow Drops. Nope. Hops and Drops. Yes. Sorry. At Hops and Drops. I wish it was Hops and You can and probably just drops. search Hops and Elbow Drops and you'll find us. Mm-hmm. So, to go along with uh, today's podcast, um, uh, we are watching. We watched a series of matches with Kyle O'Reilly, which were fantastic. Yes. And we are drinking um, the Canuck Pale Ale from Great Lakes Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, The back of the can has a pretty fun thing where it's talking about... Uh, it's been said that Canada is the only country in the world that does not know... Live without an, that lives without an identity. Yada, yada, yada. thing is, it's an American Pale Ale. Our Canuck Paleo, so it's going along with the fact that we still haven't gotten our identity in a sense. Oh, yes. But, um, I think we've we've grown to have maybe. Do we even have an identity in the wrestling world? I don't know, but this beer tastes good. I can tell you that much. Well, we have a, a strong background in uh, of technical wrestlers coming mm-hmm. out of the, the the Hart Dungeon in Calgary, of course. That's true. Uh, Owen Hart, whose birthday was this this Sunday, same yeah. as my same birthday as me, yeah. same birthday as Kevin Owens, yeah. same birthday as Will Osprey. Holy shit! Four. So it's great a wrestling birthday. People on the wrestling scene, those three great wrestlers <laughs> and me. Yeah, you are. Uh, you with the, with the amount uh, you watch wrestling, I mean, I'm surprised that you haven't thrown on the trunks yet. One day we'll get there. One day, I'm sure. One day, yeah. Take some jujitsu though. I'm gonna be a shooter. I'm gonna be a shooter, brother. Yeah, is that what you're going yeah, to? Yeah, going to get some jujitsu classes. <laughs> you, might, you remind me of uh, when you're when you're, I was younger. There was these, this guy who would always be like, "Yeah, if I played hockey, he never played hockey." He's like, "If I played hockey, I'd be a grinder," or you know, like a he he. he well, I did. I played hockey and I was a grinder. Yeah, so. but he described his position. Yeah. That he, and the role he would play if uh, he uh, if he played hockey, but he never played hockey. Mm. So it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, so we'll give you a quick uh, flavor guide to these uh, beers before we get into the matches, I guess. I haven't mentioned what I'm drinking yet. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I'm drinking that, the Broadhead Blueberry. Um, Broadhead is a brewery, local brewery here in Ottawa. Um, they've just added the blueberry to their um, their LCBO beers. Um, one, one blueberry in the beer. Oh, uh, yeah, good, good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm assuming it's only available in select places in Ottawa oh, right yeah, now. Uh, also, the brewery itself, if you go to Broadhead, you can get these there. It's probably There's a lot of blueberries beers out now these days. Um, are, this yeah. is my absolute favorite. It's better on tap if you can find it, but in the can, it is still quite tasty. So yeah. uh, the Broadhead Blueberry, hearty thumbs up from me. 
a yeah. great summer beer. Yeah, exactly. Getting, I mean, you wouldn't know it's summer from looking outside. It's three degrees and snowing yeah. outside right it's now. Canada. But uh, I mean, it's perfect because we're talking about Canadian themes yeah, today. It's fucking right there, bud. <laughs> but the thing is about that beer too. It's a blueberry blonde. So some other blueberries, blueberry beers, you're gonna find like blueberry wheats or other blueberry type of ales. That's true. But, yeah, you get the ABC blueberry wheat. Uh, yeah, also, if you're in Ottawa, Ottawa you yeah. can find that. That's that's good too. Yeah, and so it, the blonde maybe uh, I, I, we find this has the most blueberry punch, punch of any too. of them. Yeah, if yeah. you're a big fan of blueberry, like a blueberry pie flavor kind of thing, you're gonna get true, that from yeah. that beer. Um, the Canuck Pale Ale, um, definitely very easy drinking. It has a nice haze to it now. I've heard that Great Lakes uh, Brewing is uh, doing a lot of more late addition to their uh, hop uh, their their hop additions during their brewing which will lead to potential well, more dry hopping actually will lead to that haziness which is quite nice it uh, looks quite appetizing if you're into the haze um, yeah so pretty tasty beers all around nice um, kind of like I don't know yeah nice little bit of bitterness little bit of like almost citrusy mm. orangey flavors coming through with it um which are good like that a little bit of a little bit of like uh, astringency which is all right too mm. but yeah so these are the beers we're drinking today and now they get on to the wrestling absolutely so um kyle o'reilly um has he's had an interesting career for sure he's um he's primarily been associated with ring of honor and pwg a little bit over the last uh, however many years i guess nearly 10 now i think really 2000 like 2009-ish is maybe when he started to break out around the same time as Adam Cole. They had a series of, gr- of really good matches in Ring of Honor in their early days. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, of course, uh, has gone on. He did great things in New Japan. Uh, tag team with Bobby Fish and Red Dragon, as we're going to talk about tonight, or today, yeah. uh, a little bit. Um, he did some junior heavyweight stuff, matches with Kushida, like we're going to talk about one of those today. Um, but, of course, he... Outside New Japan, he is a heavyweight. He was Ring of Honor champion, which is, you know, that's impressive. There have not been a lot of Ring of Honor champions over that company's history. You know, they mm-hmm. try to keep it down to, I mean, over the last little bit, it's been flip-flopping a little bit, but yeah. um, they try to, probably on average, there's less than one Ring of Honor title change a year, I think, mm-hmm. over the company's history, which is very impressive for a company that has only existed in the modern era where we, even world titles like, you rarely see rains that last a year. So, um, it's, it's, even though he only, he only he had zero successful defenses, yeah. he, he lost on his first defense, but um, the fact that he won that title at all um, speaks to his, um, the level of talent he is. Yeah. And the fact that he, we're going to get into how he lost it, probably because he's looking to maybe a little bit bigger things in the world of wrestling yeah. uh, speaks to the level of talent that he holds that, that he got, garners that level of interest See, from the bigger companies. And the thing is, though, like the WWE at this moment has had a reign lasting for reigns lasting for a very long time, and I'm kind of tired of it. Oh, the WWE, yeah, yeah man, their title re- scene is so. No, I was gonna say they're stagnant. I was gonna talk about their reigns, though. It's been oh, there, it's been there for too long. It's been the the reign. Yeah, this 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 reign phenomenon has yeah. really been going on since about. Um, they were they were shielding us at first. Royal Rumble they, 2015, I think. They yeah, were shielding yeah, us. Yeah. They're shielding us from the rain. Yeah. <laughs> but Kyle O'Reilly's going to come in there and show you them that you don't have to have a long reign in order to. We talk a lot about shit um, about Roman Reigns. Um, he's actually at the end of the day. Matches, yeah. What I, I say is he is not Jinder Mahal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
That is true. Do you think Roman Reigns would get cheered against Jinder Mahal? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's almost a meme <laughs> that at this point. Happen. Well, they're on different brands. It would take a while. But, like... Uh, imagine if they'd kept Jinder on Raw and give him this push. Oh, my God. Jinder versus Brock Lesnar. That would be great, actually. <laughs> No, because like they're both a... on huge amounts of steroids. Yeah, come at me, Jinder. I don't believe you. I know you're a good Canadian boy, but like, I just don't believe yeah. it's just diet that makes your veins <laughs> pop out of your body like that. Oh my god! There's this good bot spot comic where they're like, "Listen, are you really gonna push Ginger with, especially with this archaic gimmick? Like, I know like any heat is good heat, but should really be encouraging this xenophobic stuff?" And like, Hunter's like, "Well, you heard the reaction." And he's like, well, but I know, like, we love just, like, we do that thing where it's like, any reaction is a good reaction, but it's like, no, not that reaction, that reaction. And he points over it, <laughs> and Vince's like, oh, those veins! Yeah. I love veins! <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Remember as we started this podcast about Kyle O'Reilly, we're already talking about Roman Reigns and Jinder Mahal? Yeah, it happens. It's funny how... Yeah, those yeah. guys. Anyways, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, the series of matches that we were going to be uh, oh. discussing are... Um, uh, Kyle versus, O'Reilly versus uh, Kushida versus Kushida, um, To be clear, it's versus Kushida from the best of Super Juniors Sorry, yeah. 2016. Uh, he had later ended up getting a title match against Kushida, which apparently is better, but I got confused and watched the wrong one. So he watched the best oh, of Super okay. Juniors one. and Which was an amazing match. Still. Great match, yeah. And then we watched the, his match versus Kushida. I mean, uh, versus um, Shibata, Shibata from... For the Never title from King of Pro Wrestling yeah, uh, 2016. Yeah, and then we watched, uh, earlier than that, we watched his one of his more recent matches with Keith Lee, which was also quite entertaining. Different style of match, for sure, but... Absolutely, yeah. yeah it was... Uh, I think he actually does better in the style that New Japan has with uh, the hard the hard um, shots and stuff like that, hard strikes. Yeah, I think... I think That's where he kind of excels, I feel. Definitely, I think, against people with an MMA background or with um, who wrestle a more realistic style. Yeah. Um, he looks very, very good. Although, I will say, I was a big fan of the Key Lee match. No, it was a great match. I, I think just... his... The way he fucking can kick yeah. makes him awesome in the, like, little man, big man, mm-hmm. where you try to kick the legs out from under him. And he did that a few times. He, he took did. Down, he took Absolutely. down Key Lee by going after his knees. So. Speaking of that kind of move... Travis Banks from South Pacific Power Trip has this thing where, like, he throws the one guy in the corner, and then it's a contrived spot because it happens in all his matches. But so he's got the one of the opposing tag team down in the corner, and the other guy runs at him and he kicks the leg out front of them, and they end up sentoning their own partner in the corner. Oh, wow. I always think that's such a fucking that awesome a pretty, spot. That is a yeah, awesome spot. Good um, going on there. Yes. Um, and there was one other match. Um, yeah, we watched the tag match with yes. Red Dragon, which is. Uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Bobby Fish yeah. yeah, versus uh, the the Young Bucks. Young Bucks, yeah, and that was from War of the Worlds 2014. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty good match. It was. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, great spots that the Young Bucks always are giving. Which are yeah, amazing. that was. I think that and was. We like to receive it, and it's too sweet. <laughs> too sweet. Hmm. Mm. So um, yeah, I guess let's let's just get into the. The matches. Um, so, though, I guess let's just talk briefly about the Key Lee one. We watched it mm-hmm. last night, and we'd had a few beers, so it's a little fuzzy. But um, this was this was uh, Kyle Wright's debut in Evolve, actually. Or not, well, his re-debut. He had yeah. wrestled in Evolve, like, way back in the day. But this is like he hadn't wrestled in Evolve in, you know, yeah. five-plus five years. So, uh, his re-debut against Keith Lee. This is his first match in a major indie since he lost the Ring of Honor Championship. Yeah, at in um, at the Tokyo Dome 
because right. they had the Ring of Honor Championship defense at a Wrestle Kingdom this year. So since January 4th, this was his first major indie. He was doing small indies, I believe, in BC and in St. Louis. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his connection to St. Louis is, but that was where he was doing a little bit of stuff. Um, that makes me think Joe Janelle had a really good tweet that said if he had been Billy Corgan and bought the NWA, he would have given uh, Glacier the title. He would have had a <laughs> reign of terror until he was finally defeated in front of a sold-out crowd in St. Louis. <laughs> like the good old days. The Sam Mush Sam Mushnick territory of, of St. Louis, Missouri. I don't think Billy, Billy Corgan has that knowledge. Man, uh, I feel like Billy Corgan's one of those, you know, he's like, he's a mark, eh? You get, yeah. get in his ear, Joey Janela get in his ear and get make, get but himself made head booker. Do you think the thing, I feel like Joey Janela would actually make, he's he's definitely more of a, he's going to be a booker because he gets older. Well, I mean, he put that great show together. Yeah, I think he's I think he's in a good spot to do that when he, he, he seems smart that way. I feel like he could be like a Jerry the King Lawler like, type, yeah. And where you like have this like hot red hot territory that is fucking ridiculous and silly, yeah. Like uh, we retweeted something recently from Lawler where he was talking about like some of the ridiculous matches he put together back in the day, and he was like, on this day in Memphis, um, like you know, this fought this, and like he was like like the monster from the sea or something yeah. like that fought this, and he's and Jerry was like, huh, I wonder who was booking that. <laughs> Man, I can't wait because because WWE owns that tape library. Someday, <laughs> Memphis is going to be on the WWE Network, and I literally cannot wait to watch it. Because, yeah, Jerry King, he had like, have you ever seen uh, Road Warrior, the second Mad Max film? You know, uh, there's Lord Humongous is the primary antagonist of that film. Well, there was a wrestler called Lord Humongous who dressed exactly like the guy from that movie, like ripped straight out of the movie, and he wrestled a lot in Memphis. So that's great. Actually, I really want to check that guy out. Yeah, as horrible as Jerry the King Lawler is, uh, sometimes yeah, great on great. Oh yeah, well I mean he had that legendary match against uh, a comedian that was uh, I forgot what that guy's name was, Andy Kaufman. Wait, it wasn't a joke. <laughs> well, the the bit was that Andy Kaufman said wrestling was fake. And then Jerry the King Lawler pile drove him <laughs> on Andy Kaufman's show, and they set up a real match <laughs> yeah. in Memphis. That's great, actually. Yeah, and, job, and, guys. and he almost had a match with Elvis in the like late seventies, early eighties. Jerry the King Lawler was gonna have a match with Elvis, and that's but, why Elvis was eating that poor diet though. After he got so scared, <laughs> fucking Elvis. Oh, oh man. man. Well, because Elvis was really, really into to uh, wrestling. Of course he of course is. He was. And he's from Memphis. He's a fucking, obviously a legend from Memphis. The fucking dude he has, had a massive beer gut. Well, he had. He, a, had, he ate peanut, deep fried peanut butter banana sandwiches. He had a thing for women wrestlers. Apparently, like multiple of uh, the women he dated while he was uh, a big, big star. Because well, when he was at the top of his game that was when women's wrestling was at its biggest in North America yeah, like they were co-main eventing with the men back in the 50s and sometimes main eventing their own shows yeah that's and pretty cool yeah so but anyway unfortunately we never got to see Elvis versus Jerry so the King think, Lawler think, does that mean like, would, would have been make, the first ever make, six star match do you think that makes Elvis a submissive maybe I mean that's 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 a, that's a thing like they have he like special gyms set up for, for guy sex gyms for guys that want to get dominated by female wrestlers Oh. In the UK, yeah. Someone was telling me about that. That's weird. I mean, there are worse fetishes to Yeah, have. I know that. <laughs> there, you know? So it's a wrestling gym. Don't. I. I you, you, can look, you can look that up on your own recreational in. time. I'm not going to look that up because I'm sure it will lead me to like Pornhub or something like that. I mean, that would be like probably the least um, scary place it would lead you to. <laughs> probably. Let's let's get a little back into these matches here. Yeah, so. Um, so we're talking about Keith Lee versus Kyle Riley. Um. This match was it was very interesting. Um, it starts off with 
Um, thanks to Kyle O'Reilly, like we were said, trying to chop down the giant, you know, kicks to the leg. Yeah. Like he's showing up a strike in offense. Keith Lee can't really get anything in. Kyle O'Reilly's being fast, dodging, that kind of stuff. Kyle O'Reilly dominated for most of this match, to be honest. It is true. And that's kind of been a trend in these Keith Lee matches is that, like, whoever he's facing, and he, to be fair, the people he's facing are usually, like, the best indie names in the world. Which is he, impressive like that he's doing. Ricochet, that, yeah. Leo Rush. Um, I think of all the marquee Keith Lee matches I've seen, I've seen, like, five or six of them now. He's only beat the only guys he's beaten are Donovan Dijak and David Starr, and he's lost to Ricochet, Leo Rush, and Kyle O'Reilly. All three guys who are like, I mean, Ricochet and Kate and Kyle O'Reilly are much smaller than him. Leo Rush is yeah, so much smaller than him, but like, like Leo Rush basically had the same match that Ricochet had with him. Yeah. Although I like the Ricochet one a little bit better. Well, yeah, because he can he can he can perform those moves to a better standard. Like Ricochet, Ricochet can. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, in Leo in Leo Rush's defense, him. Leo Rush is twenty two years old. Yeah. Ricochet's 28. Like, Leo Rush, it's crazy to think how good he is. He's, like, he's one well, of... Well, when you have people around you that are even better, like, that's the thing about, like, Ricochet Ricochet probably had to push his way through for a lot of the shit that he's done. And and it's it's one of those things, I think, where Ricochet, the indies are booming. Like, Ricochet's been this good for a long time. Yeah. The indies are booming in such a way now where people can succeed a lot younger. Yeah. Um, like, it things... Will Ospreay, for example... Will Ospreay is another example. Leo Rush, Will Ospreay. Look at Tyler Bate. Yeah, I know. You know, he's going to be... They're looking for him young. They're like that one guy from uh, Evolve here uh, we always ca- call on to. He's going he's gonna to be pushed. If he's successful, I oh, don't know. Austin Theory. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably I mean, gonna be, He's like 19 He could well. be a contender for Rookie of the Year this year. I mean, yeah. the problem is that he's not having, like, all-star matches or anything, but with, in a, in a, well, a crop where there's not any... With Ethan Page right now. And Ethan Page, we love you, Ethan Page. If you, you probably listen to our podcast. Definitely yeah. Well, if we if we just tweet the words Ethan Page, e- yeah. Ethan Page without adding him, he'll still find us because he name searches constantly. Does he? <laughs> yeah, he does. He's always like he'll quote. He's tweet all about people. his ego. He's looking at his. It's ego. It's shocking that all ego Ethan Page has an enormous ego. Yeah. 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 Um, it's probably for compensation. If we, do you else. think if we tag this podcast with hashtag Ethan Page or all ego or something, he'll find it? Yeah, you probably think it'll be about him. Well, I mean. It, we've talked about him for 30 seconds now. And it's all about Ethan. All ego Ethan Page. Anyways. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see him at some point. At C4 probably if we if we get out there eventually. Hopefully. Well, we're going to be there on the 27th hopefully. So. We definitely will be. Uh, well, I was hoping we'd get there in May and June too. The 27th of May. Oh. It's May right now. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, the Hops and Elbow Draws Brew Donkey That's on the 17th. Is that in June or July? June. It's in June. June okay. 17th. And Are they all sold out now? Uh, I know we got like I think there's like ten tickets, but they said so. Usually with Brudonki, like so, it's also Father's Day weekend. So mm. to all of our Hops and Double Drops listeners, if you have a father in your life, in which you or are a son, if you are a father or a daughter, or you or whatever you want to have it, you have a, you have a parental relationship in which there's a father entailed into it. Um, come out to the Hops and Double Drops uh, uh tour, a uh, Brudonki tour. Uh, we'll be stopping at uh, breweries such as Vimy Ridge, a new brewery in the Ottawa area, and Kitchissippi, where most, like, you know, older dads probably go to. Because they're what's when they found craft beer, and Kitchissippi's been around for a while. Yeah, they don't worry. Kitchissippi's not too exciting. They're not going to scare yeah. your dad. No, they won't scare your dad, but you know who would? <laughs> this should be their tagline. Shibata Kit- would scare your dad. Well, he's, he's going to kick the shit out of your dad <laughs> as soon as he gets out of the hospital, man. Yeah, everyone the first says. thing he does. So watch it on Father's Day. Or what you you could also call it Shabara's Day of Reckoning, the day where all the dads go down. Um, anyways, come out to our Hops and Double Drops tour. It is uh, fairly reasonably priced, and there's beer, wrestling, and beer more and wrestling. beer. 
and wrestling. Yeah. Um, so Keith Lee versus Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. We have to, we got a few more matches after this. Um, yeah. So Keith Lee versus Kyle O'Reilly. Um, the main turning point of this match is Keith Lee's going up to the top rope to do his giant moonsault thing. Kyle O'Reilly fucking nails him in the balls. The ref yeah. DQs the the ref throws out the match. Keith Lee says that he's not having this match called out because of an accidental kick to the People's Anaconda. That's so good. Um, so the referee starts the match, and then Kyle O'Reilly immediately starts kicking him in the head over and over and over. Well, he's still on the ground. Doesn't yeah. give him a chance to get up. Which is a really awesome way to, like... It's very, very difficult to turn a popular indie guy heel on his debut. Yeah. And they found a great, great way of doing it. And now, it wasn't 100% a heel turn. Like, I saw, I watched Evolve had a show the day after as well, and Keith Lee wrestled Fred Yehi, who's... I guess I guess Fred Yehi is a babyface baby face now, because... When Stokely Hathaway became the new manager of Catchpoint, Fred Yehi left Catchpoint in I, response. Uh, yeah, yeah I, that whole Catchpoint thing. Have you saw still around? Yeah, he's yeah he's the guy that brought Stokely Hathaway in. But Chris sauce. Chris Dickinson and uh, the, the new fuck, what's the other guy's name? Or no, the other the beefy cake guys. Yeah, yeah, Chris Dickinson's buddy. They're the other tag team. Remember yeah, there's yeah, yeah, Yehi yeah, and Williams. Yeah, yeah. Dickinson and Jaka. Yeah. So Jaka and Williams are on board. Fred Yehi was like, no, fuck this, man. So he's turning babyface. Have you heard that Catchpoint is imploding? <laughs> it's been imploding for a while. It's like a sun. They're like yeah, a sun. They, Suns are imploding. A black hole sun. <laughs> I really like uh, the lyrics to that song. A black hole sun. Oh, God. PWG show, Black Hole Sun. Actually, the... Actually, next... is that actually a show? Yeah. About Adam Cole as yes. the main guy? Yeah. That's so good. They're doing another one, which could this next PWG show could be Adam Cole's last PWG show ever. Baby. Could... Baby. Baby. And it is called Head Like a Coal. Like the Nine Inch Nails song. Um, so, yeah. So, Keith Lee turns heel, but... So, or, sorry. Kyle O'Reilly turns heel, sort of, by, like, kicking the crap out of Keith Lee while he's down. Uh, Keith Lee manages to get it back in it. Hits a spirit bomb, which was awesome. Kyle O'Reilly sold it like he died. So, like, he bounces around his back. Right. And then he... When he bounces up on the ground, he, like, twists so... Um, Keith Lee is kind of holding his torso horizontally with his shoulders pressed against the mat. Somehow yeah. he kicks out of that. He just like fucking murders Keith Lee, which is like kicks and kicks and kicks and kicks and kicks. And it really does make Kyle O'Reilly look like a fucking monster, like MMA style, like yeah. which is pretty awesome. So anyway, I really like this match. Fortunately, Keith Lee had to lose because they're just doing this gimmick where he keeps losing to top guys, which is okay. Which is not the end of the world. Um, Why push him that much when they know he's going to go to the WWE? That's the thing. It's like, like I Keith Lee should be evolved champion unless he's about to leave for WWE, like within the year. Which if WWE has any yeah. fucking brains at all. That guy's gonna be in NXT any fucking day now. Yeah, I think I think what they'll do is they would bring him to NXT, let him have a good singles run there. Yeah, and then the only problem is Vince will see him once and they'll be like, "Oh, we got yeah, Keith Lee up here." Imagine, but Keith you know Lee what? Versus, he's ready for the main roster though. He's Keith not like Lee a Bobby versus, Lashley. Like when when Brock becomes a little bit more like old and not and more beatable. Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar. Well, so I mean, Roman's good. gonna beat him at WrestleMania. So what? Roman's gonna beat him at WrestleMania. Oh. But he's gonna beat Braun Strowman, I think. Like so, great at at great balls of fire in July. I'm assuming that will be Lesnar versus Strowman. Which, to yeah. be honest, if you're gonna have a main event for a show called Great Balls of Fire, oh it God. should be Brock Lesnar versus Braun Except Strowman. Except Kane should be there and oh, fireballs. Fuck. Kane's on SmackDown. How do they book everything so wrong in this company? I don't know. Well, um, Jerry Lawler's got to be throwing a fireball, right? Yeah, that was his. He used to do that. Or the Iron, or the Sheik, the original Sheik. 
Yeah. The original Sheik might be dead. I'm not sure. By the way, everyone letting you know, I am currently cracking into Bench Brewing's 20 Mile Farmhouse Ale. Bench Brewing, I think I've had Balls Balls on before. It's a beer you can get widely in the LCBO. Super tasty session IPA. Anyways, this beer smells really good. Everything, anything else I've had from Bench Brewing, there's Citra something. Citra Grove was really good. This beer, good. Good saison. Tastes great. Keep going. Uh, I guess we've, we've talked now about Keith Lee versus Kyle O'Reilly, which mm-hmm. is to say not much. But we're going to move on to Keith Lee versus Kushida. Like I said before, this is... Um, their match in Best of the Super Juniors, uh, 2016. And because, as we're going to get to, uh, Kyle O'Reilly beat Kushida in this match. I don't know if I said Keith Lee versus Kushida earlier, but I meant Kyle O'Reilly versus, no, that versus Kushida, but fuck. I want to see Keith, Keith Lee versus Kushida. I would love to see Keith Lee actually But you know, in, in, Kushida in would win. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. Because Keith Lee's gimmick is losing to little guys. But, which, honestly, he puts on great matches, so it doesn't so bother Keith me. So Keith Lee's first he can be beat, He can Killista. beat the giant dudes. I mean, Kalisto beat Ryback. What, at what point does Kalisto go back down, go down to NXT again? Well, they haven't really been doing that lately. They, need to they don't the send people. Dude. Well, they got him, gave him a new outfit, and new music. I know, but they've done that twice <laughs> hey, listen. since he's done. He's done his downfall. No, no, no. They no. Oh, this music, is the first he, rebranding. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's not really a proper he rebranding. Needs a ta- he needs a tag partner again. Listen, what are you talking about? He beat Braun Strowman in a dumpster match. <laughs> <laughs> he, he defeated Braun Strowman in the dumpster like, match. It's a like, big. There's a big Kalisto push coming. No, there's not. They're gonna have him fight. No, there's not. They're gonna have him fight. Uh, whatever his name is. Um. Uh, not Titus. Um, we Paul talk- Cruz. Yeah. Well, they're both baby um, faces, though. Yeah, but. Um, are, are you really excited about this big Apollo Cruz Titus O'Neil feud we're building to? Am I actually doing that? Did they? Did you see that picture? It. I don't know if you've seen this. It's been bouncing around the internet because you haven't been watching Raw that much. No. Um, so Apollo Crews beat I up... I watched the, the higher-end wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we don't watch this Japan, fucking Raw shit. Stardom. Um, Go TNA. on. TNA. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know... Hey, we were talking about how Trevor Lee was like making this great splash He's in, in, X-Division, really in the X Division TNA, but then they decided to hire some outside talent to have him win. Do you know who that outside talent was? Fucking low... Key, my man, the original Ring of Honor champion. The man, yes, he is in Thor. (laughs) The man who has burned every bridge in professional wrestling except for total non stop action TNA impact. I haven't really heard of Loki. Oh man, yeah, he's like, he's just a, he's such a surly dude. He gets like, he fucking gets like in WWE, he just decided he didn't want to be there because they weren't gonna, he didn't like the creative version. No, he well he yes he won like season two when Re- NXT was a reality show. He came on and he won the reality. He was called Kov- they called him Kaval, which is fair because he does kind of look kind of like just his face was is very sh- scary was looking. Sh- was he a shadow priest? He was not a shadow priest. No. That's Kaval. <laughs> I know, I know. Is, I, I... It's Kaval with a K too. Ooh, that's you know it's serious. The only match I've ever seen with him in WWE is him wrestling Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown in like two thousand nine. That's weird. It's so weird. Yeah, anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's been Loki in the Indies. He was the first ever Ring of Honor champion. He wrestles like a very uh, MMA influenced style, like very stiff kicks, stuff like that. Like I Kyle saw a match. Kyle, like Kyle O'Reilly. Kind of like Kyle O'Reilly, actually. It's very. But I'd love to see. I'm sure Kyle O'Reilly has smooth, le- right? wrestled Loki at some point. Is he as smooth as Kyle O'Reilly? Loki. We gotta watch. Actually, maybe we can even do a whole episode on Loki because yeah, he's actually, like. Oh no, he's like he's been everywhere. 
And the thing is, uh, just pe- he just like, burns bridges because people don't like him. He's an asshole. Well, he is kind. Of, I I don't know exactly what the story is. I know he got fired from New Japan because he showed up for his junior heavyweight title match at Wrestle Kingdom in full uh, cosplay for Hitman from the video game oh, Hitman. Yeah, that guy. Okay, that was told, not a tie-in at all. And he said when they asked him to change, he said he had no other gear. So he went out and wrestled like that, and they were like, "All right, fuck you, goodbye." <laughs> The guy's just a dick. I think he actually won New Japan Cup at one point, but then they got out of the like obligatory title match by having him decide that he was going to challenge for the junior heavyweight title instead. So he has a, he's a great wrestler. He's a great a wrestler. Shit, shit attitude. But yeah. he he has never burned that bridge in TNA, and he's been there like I think three distinct times, and now he's the X Division champion. He's a great wrestler. I love watching him. He's, he's like probably that one that that guy is really full of himself. Uh, I think to a certain degree. Well, he's yeah. just a jokester, and he does. He's a lot definitely of- not a jokester. I rarely see him smile. Oh, he okay. like almost. He's very like uber serious. Oh. I saw a picture of him smiling the other day on Twitter, and I just about like threw my phone away because demons. Right. Um, <laughs> he. Um, but I'll tell you what. If you go back and listen to the first ever episode of New Japan Watch here on this very and the Hops and Double Drops Podcast Network. Just yeah, kidding. we are We're, a network now. Yeah, right? we got two distinct podcasts. Um, yeah, I, I've been meaning to make a beer podcast too. Yeah, we'll put one been. on there. Um, the first, so when we talk about Wrestle Kingdom, three podcasts on one network. Holy shit! Oh man, it'd be wild. We're talking about Bronson, the <laughs> location of the 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 home base the, of of the Hop Drop, the Hop. Jesus Christ! Um, at Wrestle Kingdom Seven, the Junior Heavyweight Title match was a three way, which they very they almost never do three ways in New Japan. It was a three way between I'm the sure champion. Lots of three ways in Japan, though. Oh fuck off, Prince Debit. A.K.A. Um, Finn Balor, yeah, yeah. Kota Ibushi, and Low Key. Shit, dog. And it was, like, possibly the best match of the night, even over Okada versus Tanahashi. Okay, well. So, it was it was awesome. Uh, but anyway, we're getting a little bit off topic. Yeah. We're supposed to be Kushida, talking about Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida. Matches. What did you think about this match, in particular? Um, Lots of really Was great... there one spot that jumped out at you? At you? <laughs> um, There's one spot that there was a lot, there was a great jump. And there was a great what the fuck how did that turn into an arm bar? Yeah. Um. That this uh. There's this great spot where and we see it later on at some other point with another match, but Kyle O'Reilly does this gets Kashida sitting down on something. It was on a chair. Yeah. yeah like right up against the missile corner. drop kick. Yeah. From the ring apron. Yeah. And. Kishida somehow manages to turn that into a fucking armbar. Yeah, he jumps up in the air, catches Kyle Riley out of the air, arm. and puts him in an armbar on the outside. It was fucking that, amazing. Yeah, they, this match was well, extremely well executed. They both um, these guys great technical wrestlers. Yeah, and they both have similar styles in which they can play off with each other a lot, mm. which is great. So, super good match. Yeah, that, um, definitely sure. worth a watch. Uh, if you want to watch a great technical match, like it goes back and forth. There's not much we can really say about the match per se. Yeah, just like that, that one spot was great. Um, and everything else is a really good build up to everything. It's just it is a lot of back and forth. It ends with um, O'Reilly getting Kushida to tap out. I believe. From, yeah. It was. I think it was an armbar. Something. It was like, like a triangle that turned into an armbar. Yeah. It's just well executed submission, after submission, after and like you kick, really just you get, you get a really good look at Kyle O'Reilly's like MMA style offense. Yeah. Um, no, it was a really good match. Like let's let's talk. Let's, this is about Kyle O'Reilly. Let's talk about like his one of his signature spots. Like we talked about the oh, his kicking his, his, uh, his we strength. talked about his running drop kick off the apron to the opponent in the chair. But there's also yeah. like he does like a flurry of hand blows and then into a sweep the leg style like fighting game sweep, yeah. leg sweep kick. Yeah, which is very cool. And he takes takes you out at the knees as well. Yeah, point too, and like. 
He does like a back, like so he does the, the the fury, like the fists a little bit, or are like or forearms, and then he hits you with a kick on like this in the around I think the gut, mm. and then he takes you I think at the legs. Yeah. Um. He also is agile as fuck. Mm. Sort of the swearing there, but no, oh, yeah. There's this one part where literally like, uh, Kashida's a like swinging around with like a forearm, mm. and it, it's like going right for O'Reilly's face, and he like somehow ducks under that and oh then yeah, turns yeah. It into a kick transition of some sorts or something they do like some like yeah almost kung fu movie style yeah, yeah. like dodges of blows and stuff that's very it cool really interesting man. and if you like i don't watch a ton of mma but i do know like he does this thing where he does like when he can get try to get the opponent in the mount right on top so yeah. he can strike at the face and then when the opponent's trying to block that he will go from that into an arm bar like a mm-hmm. Obviously not applying it like you would apply a shoot armbar, but a shoot style armbar like yeah. one that a real MMA fighter would use. So I, that kind of stuff is very very cool. I don't need my pro wrestling to be super realistic, but no. I find it very interesting when people use that style. And well, it's cool. Especially you see, like, you, I'm sure you could put, like this is the weird thing. I'm like, hey, what about matching like you know strong wrestling with good uh, entertainment value of like mm-hmm. feuds? Hey, it's not impossible. Like you see it every every rare occasion in the WWE. Like I like one every like five years is probably a match. Well, I I feel like they get like did they get one last year? It's just a different style. Like I Which wish is, like this like the the promo abilities of the people in say something like I don't know. It's just like I need you need like good promo ability with the with the money behind the entertainment side with like the match quality and like you can have an amazing match just well if we spoke Japanese we could probably appreciate the promos in New Japan maybe. a lot more I just think like Kenny Omega cuts good promos in. well of course yeah but, but that's what I'm saying like we don't speak Japanese like so all those guys could be cutting great promos in Japanese we have no idea yeah it's true I like, just I know I like the delivery of a lot of those New Japan guys like Suzuki well Suzuki is... Suzuki doesn't need to say a word he just needs to stick his tongue out while applying a, a leg bar and laugh <laughs> or like Goto, he had a, Suzuki's match with Goto the other day. Um, he was he'd been working over Goto's arm, and then Goto did, went to do one of his signature like, um, like strikes with his arm to Suzuki with his weakened arm, and he's hit it, and Suzuki no sold it and just laughed in his face. <laughs> so good, man. Minoru Suzuki's great. Um, yeah, so that was uh, Kyle Ray vs. Kushida, Kyle Ray vs. Shibata, of course, our favorite of the podcast, Katsuyori Shibata. Wish him the best um, with his recovery from his serious, serious injury. They had a they had a hell of a match. Um, the two styles match so well, obviously, because Kyle O'Reilly is a, as we've been talking, MMA style guy works with a lot of submissions, and, and striking, which of course is exactly what Shibata does. Tons of striking, submissions. The only real difference is that Kyle O'Reilly has a little bit, not a ton, but it's a little bit of like American pro wrestling kind of like flippy stuff or a little bit of indie style stuff meshed in there whereas shibata of course has the japanese style wrestling mixed in there which is the you know note like the no selling the like inviting the opponent to strike to show how tough you are that kind of stuff and so those two things worked really really well together um yeah they you know they would they would trade strikes trade submission attempts um the finish i remember being very very good kyle o'reilly hit man it's it's very fuzzy now but Kyrie O'Reilly hit some super, super nasty thing, which Shibata countered into a sleeper, which then he hit the PK, and that was it. But this match was just awesome. Yeah. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and Shibata, I really, it is really too bad. I, obviously, it's too bad about Shibata, but 
Um, with the other thing is that Colorado may end up in WWE, so it would be a moot point anyway. But I would love to see more Kyler Riley Shibata stuff. Yeah, because there's always the chance he ends up signing with New Japan. Maybe if Adam Cole chooses New Japan, then Kyler Riley could go too. Yeah, I don't see Adam Cole choosing New Japan though. It's I not. Wish. I mean, cool. it's quite possible. It's it's not Im- it's not impossible. Um, but like, especially with New just, Japan wanting to do there. They disconnected him from the Bullet Club already, right? No, he's not out of the Bullet Club yet. They haven't oh, done. Not. They haven't done the Omega Cole match they've been building on YouTube. Okay. Um, I was just thinking, like, if they had pushed Cole out of the Bullet Club, then it's like almost definite that he's going to WWE. No, it's not happened yet. Um, but the Cole I mean, and there's always the, pretty cool. I just listened to an interview with him where he always talked. He talked very de- about how he hasn't made a decision yet, and he's gonna. He's thinking he's gonna take a good amount of time to make his decision. And like you gotta think, he's got. He's got three options, right? Yeah. He's got NXT slash WWE. Yeah. He's got a, a dual contract like the Young Bucks have with between Ring of Honor and New Japan. Yeah. And he has TNA Impact Wrestling, or excuse me, just Impact Wrestling. I've been saying TNA this whole time, but they're not TNA doesn't exist anymore. It's just Impact. Because they're rebranding, you see. So which is why they have Jeff Jarrett in charge because they want to be completely different than they were before. Um. Oh, man. Um, what I was going to say is uh, if New Japan is able to make a splash with their American expansion then I could see him going there that's the, that's the thing is a lot of these guys that are in like, limbo so the thing is I know what would be interesting okay so they have this connection Ring of Honor and New Japan you obviously yeah. know the whole deal more than I do so sure. it's probably very improbable mm. New Japan makes a splash in the United States Ring of Honor has been struggling as of late but they have their TV contract in which they could connect more and those promotions obviously like each other yeah right and what happens, you know, like they have their American thing. What if you just start entwining their shows a little bit more on the American mm-hmm. side? For sure. And so the New Japan uh, could uh, have more uh, exposure on the Ring of Honor network, which it releases their content more regularly and more up to date than the New Japan stuff that's coming out. So fans can actually connect at that level. Yeah. Like you're going to see Kenny Omega in Ring of Honor more often probably, right? I or, no, don't I actually think so. No, he li- but he likes Japan. That's the thing. I think Kenny yeah. Omega actually just really enjoys Japan. I think Kenny Omega might have some beef with Ring of Honor. I don't know exactly and what also, the deal is. He, he also c- probably has a beef with WWE as well, right? Not so much, I don't think. He really? seems to be... He's very, very diplomatic when he, people ask him about WWE. Like, some of these days, shots at WWE over Twitter, but I think that is not shots at the company, but rather, like, him teasing I honestly his buddies that work for WWE. I honestly don't want to see Kenny Omega go to WWE without the Young Bucks. Oh, uh, it, that may well be a package deal. <clears throat> Their like, contracts are coming up at the same time next year. I think they may well decide where like, they're going to. Like, because they go to WWE, like that is they are the faces of the company, not the faces, but like but they're they're, they're deals t- is, well, they're doing the AJ Styles thing. There's no NXT. Those guys are not going to do NXT. They're going to be like AJ Styles. Yeah, they're going to show yeah. up, and everyone's going to know who they are. And they're going to be their so clothing is sold. Hot topic for if fuck's sake. If you want to bring wrestling mainstream. That is the group to bring wrestling mainstream. Yeah. The, the the Young Bucks are like the Hardy Boys, Hardy Brothers on fucking like The Young steroids. Bucks are probably making over a million dollars a year. Uh, Let's think about that. Yeah. They're, Not, and they're, and they're, I mean, they And they seem humble as hell, like to be honest, like they're like, they're, they're jokesters and stuff, but yeah. they are kind of... In a sense, like they not, work for everything they get, and they're very—I think—they're very honest about themselves and their. Yeah, they situation. like to have fun, and they like to—they—they they both have families now, right? So. And they—they they talked about the part of the reason they're not in WWE is that WWE's given them, offered them contracts when their contracts are have been up in other places, and those contracts have been—I think they said five digits, 
or maybe low six digits. And they really? were just like, no, no, we're good. We can make that much money really? on our own, actually. Yeah. Thank you. They're smart Not, people. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and like they, oh, they work a rough schedule. Um, but like WWE schedule is not that it's not that much better. So no. that's, but you know honestly I they might get get better accommodations slightly with the WWE too. Well, oh yeah, for sure. Because well, they're just although, traveling like, the states a lot more, right? Like they're they've they're been not flying all over the place as much. Yes, that's true. Yeah, young boys do tons of flight. Have to do tons of flights for sure. Well, when they're in flight, a lot of the time in their in their sh- in their moves and their lights as well. When yeah, so they're in flight. A lot. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Honestly, it's. I have a hard time caring with the WWE right now. To Me be too. Honest. I would like, love it if they if they showed up and they made would WWE. make things more interesting. For because sure. you know what, they I think they would get given the respect by the company to say because of because of how well they've done at making themselves into mainstream media. Yep. At absolutely. this moment, by just doing their thing, like AJ Styles, I don't think gets a lot of. And maybe his like wins and losses in the matches, but overall his like choice of what he does, I don't know how much they actually tell him what to do. The face that runs the place, the whole like I mean, um, that stuff scripted for him, I'm sure. Some but, of it, but like, um, but AJ's also a different they person than clearly. The, 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 AJ Styles came in and they pushed him to the top. Okay, that little feud with Jericho and that lasted however long, but then yeah. straight but into that a feud. Jericho is the guy who they push people through. But he lost to Jericho at yeah, WrestleMania. But he hit the feud with Jericho. Yeah. He feuded with Roman Reigns, who went in where Roman Reigns was the champion, which is a big deal. He beat John Cena clean at SummerSlam, and like they feuded for a while before mm-hmm. that. Or he beat John Cena twice. He beat him not clean at Money in the Bank, and they beat him clean at SummerSlam. Then he moved on to SmackDown, became the champion of SmackDown in short order, and kind of dominated that SmackDown up until John Cena came back. And now... Like, I don't give a shit that Randy Orton's the champion. I don't give a shit about Jinder Mahal. Who's AJ know. fighting right now? Kevin Owens. Yeah. Now that Kevin, they do that fucking stupid thing with the Jericho winning just to swerve people. Whatever. Who gives a shit? But, like, Owens versus Styles is the only thing that fucking matters on SmackDown right now. Yeah. What were, and the... the what was Zayn? He's me feuding with Baron Corbin. I'm probably losing. Baron... For, I know a lot of people like Baron Corbin, but for me, it's like Baron Corbin is the anti... Uh, like he he repels me. He not like he just like I immediately stop caring about anyone he's in a feud with. Well, he's in a feud with him. I, just I really literally cannot care. The only way that Sami Zayn gets out of this freaking hole that he's in, because like Sami Zayn could have been like you know the way they're populating. Like, he could have been Daniel Bryan. He should have been Daniel Bryan. And what they need to do, they need to somehow bring back his El Generico thing, just as just for a very very short period of time. I mean, fine. It would be great for the kids. They I think love be, that it, gimmick. And it would be awesome. I don't think they need to do it. Well, all they need to do is push him. Yeah, that's. They but have, they're not going to do it. But here's the thing: is that if they the Canadian guy who's not every, a, a lot push. of people have given up on him already, and but that doesn't bother me that much because like Maybe people. When I say people, I just mean people on podcasts and stuff. And like, I found that pe- a lot of people, uh, like when I listen to some other wrestling podcasts, people tend to give up on people way too quickly and think that they're like, oh, like you know. They lost, like, for a couple months, and so now, like, who cares? Like, they're done. It's like, care about, like, Jinder Mahal was, like, the bottom of the yeah. barrel, and now all of a sudden he's wrestling I, Randy I, Orton for the title. I think it takes years for the fans to really give up on someone, especially someone like Zayn, who, like... 
Same probably does so good with like kids for wrestling. Absolutely, and and they they need to keep them at a certain level, I think, because they yeah, they, they love when they do those they have they do those house shows in Montreal. Yeah, and he's they he they pops. they sell out the Bell Center doing house shows in Montreal with well, o- headlining I mean, Owens versus Zayn. Of course, yeah, yeah, and it's and how come we haven't seen the WWE main like a, a Raw or SmackDown like live at uh, in Montreal yet recently? Um, there's been a couple in the last two years. Has there been? There was, there was one in 2015, well. I remember, because that was when Zayn debuted in the main roster. John Cena did an open challenge, and Bret Hart came out. And then there was a comedy segment with Heath Slater. And then Bret Hart introduced Sami Zayn as the challenger. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think there's been like, one since then, but I'm not sure. There was a house show that happened with something. There was a house show in the last few months. There was and a house it was show. like a huge show for supposedly Sami Zayn made like some heartwarming... He had a th- he talked about Kevin Owens being the universal champion yeah. for so long, I think, and and like how Owens like hiding tears is like good yeah. stuff. Um, I remember Phil, uh, still who yet to be on the podcast. He may be someday. Who knows? Someday he's a brewer for Dominion City in Ottawa, and dear to our hearts. Yeah. Um. Anyways, um, we're gonna about off topic here, but let's just quickly, uh, we're gonna wrap up here. I'm just gonna run through the brackets yeah. for the WCPW Canada the way, World Cup sh- qualifiers. You, you did mention the Shibata match was really good. Yeah, and the, awesome. the other the, the Red Dragon match versus the Young Bucks was amazing as well. So yeah, um, watch it. It's lots I mean, of fun. It's Anyways, it's yeah. a pretty yeah straightforward Ring of Honor tag team match. It's it's yeah. I mean a very very good one. But the Young Bucks do their thing, and then uh, Red Dragon do their thing. Mm-hmm. It's not too much to get into. Exactly. Um. So the, your four matches or four quarterfinal matches yeah. for the World Cup Canada qualifier. Kyle O'Reilly, uh, we've been talking about this whole time versus Tyson Ducks. You've probably seen him in the um, the WWE Cruiserweight Classic. He's also the Smash Wrestling champion right now. Smash Wrestling, uh, indie, the biggest indie promotion in Toronto. Um, they bring in some progress guys. If you have uh, demand progress, progress is streaming service. You can see Smash Wrestling shows there, as well as Smash has their own streaming service. That's that. Um, Harry Smith, a.k.a. David Boy Smith Jr., um, the son of the legendary... Uh, David Way Smith uh, up against Frankie the Mobster in round one, uh, and we should say that we expect uh, Kyle Riley to defeat Tyson Ducks uh, unless he's told uh, WCBW that he will not be available. Yeah, uh, which is always possible. And Tyson he's gonna put on a great match though. Uh, yes, I expect both these guys to to give it all and, and have a good match. Um, David Way Smith versus Frankie the Mobster. Frankie is another Canadian local Canadian indie guy. I know he does uh, C four wrestling here in Ottawa. Yeah, I think he's in Smash. Uh, from time to time, and there's another. But I think C Force is home base, right? I I'm not couldn't tell you that for sure. He I think he wrestles in uh, the United States close by as well in oh, uh, New like, York State. In Vermont, probably a little bit. I don't know. They have wrestling in Vermont. They must. I just I know there's a lot of promotions based out of New York, obviously. So yeah. New York State, I mean. Um, I mean, there's probably a promotion in every state, to be honest. I don't doubt it. No, be the first Delaware wrestling. I don't think there's any uh, based out of Connecticut. You're lying. That's where WWE's headquarters yeah, are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so then the third match, Rene Dupree, as we talked about earlier, Paul Heyman's favorite wrestler. Fucking uh, draft. Versus Michael. Paul drafty in the, the first The first pick in 2000, what was that, 2006, 2005? I no, don't know. No, it wasn't earlier. the first pick. He wasn't picked. Well, he was He was randomly selected. Yeah. Rene Dupree versus Michael Elgin. Unbreakable Rene Michael Elgin. Gonna, come out waving the Quebecois flag I get the, 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 the fleur de lis the Quebec and like 
fucking Michael Ellis is gonna come out and eat him alive. Yeah, uh, that picture that they chose of uh, if you're on, if you watch W, you follow WCW on Twitter. WCPW. The, they, I did say WCW. You did, yeah. Um, the picture they have of Rene Dupree, his veins are Jinder Mahal. Like, he does look like Jinder Mahal. But it's too not. bad Jinder's back in WWE. He yeah. could have been on the show. He could have been actually. They might have actually had him. To be Maybe honest. I mean, like he's he's Rene Dupree levels of. Uh, Honestly, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's he is a Rene Dupree of. Uh, Imagine if Rene Dupree got a WWE title shot. I think he did many times. I don't think he no. Yeah, no, not a WWE title. No. Yeah, in Intercontinental for sure. No, I mean the ti- the WWE title. He might have actually I mean, had no, one. To be honest, I guarantee I think he, did. he did. We're gonna look this up when the show's over. Yeah, I guarantee you he did not. Uh, Michael, I expect Michael Elgin to beat Rene Dupree. Michael's not Elgin's not going anywhere. He's got a new New Japan contract. He's doing tons of indies. Although. Yeah. I do wonder when this tournament is. I hope it doesn't conflict with G1 because that means Michael Elgin will be very unavailable. So we'll find out anyway. Yeah. And finally, uh, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Brent Banks. Uh, Mike Bailey, great, great indie wrestler. Unfortunately, um, tried to got caught trying to wrestle for Evolve without a visa in the United States. Banned from the United States for five years. They're really going to put a damper on his career. Um, he's been wrestling a lot in Japan. I think mostly for DDT, maybe Dragon Gate as well. But um, he, I think, could be a surprise in this tournament. I think he may end up being one of the guys to go on, depending on the availability of Elgin and O'Reilly. Because um, I would expect those two guys may have initial picks. But, um, you know, there are four possibilities, really. It's it's going to be ba- some combination of Bailey, David Boy Smith Jr., Elgin, and O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, and although it would be it would be it would be interesting to see them push um, if they thought there was a Canadian indie guy that had talent and they had a real shot they could like Brent Banks uh, Frankie the Mobster who are my other guys I don't expect Rene Dupree to go anywhere uh, frankly or Tyson Ducks but as far as those other three guys Tyson Ducks Frankie the Mobster and um, Brent Banks like any one of those guys if if WCPW thought they had what it takes to be a, a regular guy in the British indie scene they could have them flown out there. Um, but uh, those are my expectations. Some combination of Michael Bailey, Elgin, O'Reilly, and Smith. Um, like I said, Brent Banks, I believe, wrestles in Smash. Uh, I've seen his, I've seen him on on various posters. He may wrestle in C four as well. I know he's a local, a local guy. Does some some of the smaller shows. Um, well, not smaller shows, bigger shows for here, but smaller shows compared to um, the scale of some of these other guys. Your O'Reillys and your Elgins. So. But we're going to be there this show, May 14th, uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Um, of course, you're also going to have some some more some British names there from WCPW and one Mexican name, of course, El Ligero. Uh, What's this British name, though? One of the main British guys that we're going to have? Um, What's well, the main guy's name? Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. is going to be is wrestling. He hold, is he holding any championships? He has three championships. Three championships. Holy Zachy shit. three belts. Oh my god! Champion of Evolve PWG and pretty... Rev Pro. It's catchy, Zachy three belts. Zachy three belts. No, it's not even better. What? Zachy four. Zachy four belts. Or Zachy five belts. There's a lot of belts out there for him to win. Yeah, um, and then he needs to pursue something with the. Hardy so you're gonna Bird see uh, Joe Hendry versus El Aguero yeah. and Zack Saber Jr. versus. Oh shit! I forget that kid's name, but he's the the current WCW Internet he's actually Champion. Actually, kid. Is it, it is his last name, but I don't yeah. remember his first name. It's a kid. He's Gabriel kid. Yeah, gonna be wrestling uh, Zack Saber Jr. So mm-hmm. looking forward to all those matches. Uh, I've never seen Zack Saber Jr. live before, so I'm very excited about that. Of course, Michael Elgin, Kyle O'Reilly, Dio Boy Smith, and all the rest will be lots of fun 
as well. Um, that's just what does it for us today. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little about the breweries? We yeah. The breweries? So uh, the three brewers that we uh, got some great beer from today are. Uh, uh, Broadhead uh, Brewing out of Ottawa. They uh, the beer we had was a blueberry wheat. We already hear all about the beer, but uh, the, the the brewery has been open for about five years or more now. Uh, one of the originals in Ottawa. Um, they're a bunch of engineers who help grow beards and brew beer. Um, they do a great job with a lot of their stuff. Uh, and they're just growing and they're uh, doing some pretty pretty uh, approachable stuff. Um, definitely a good entrance craft beer if you're looking to get into the into the beer scene in, in, in Ontario or in Ottawa if you're in the area. Uh, as well, we had um, Great Lakes Brewery. Another example, Great Lakes, guess what? They're having their 30th year anniversary this year. That's so awesome. That's impressive. Like, they um, forget the brewery they were with originally. Or no, wait, no, they weren't with someone else. Anyways... They uh they have a great story. They have great artwork on their cans. They're in they've as an older brewery they just keep improving. Great stuff. They have a great stuff from the Canuck Pale Ale to the Octopus Wants to Fight, uh, Robohoff, um, and a variety. They've been of featured on the show a number of times. times. Yeah, yeah, they have a variety of great beers. If you're looking for something a little bit more on the hop side of beer, they do offer a lot of great beers that way. If you're in Toronto or Etobicoke area, that's where you're gonna find them. Um. And then we also have Bench Brewing from the Escarpment area in Niagara. Um, they, I'm not sure if their full facility is open at um, their location yet, but the beers at least that they're getting through, even if they're contracted, um, are good beers and worth the buy. If you're in a local LCBO in the Ottawa area, they have the Citra Grove, IP, uh, Citra, Citra Grove um, Sour that they do, which is fantastic. Uh, and they have um, this uh, amazing, it's pretty, not amazing, it's a pretty fantastic uh, farmer sale, saison style, pretty good. And their Balls Falls Session IPA. Definitely worth the buy if you're looking to get something a little bit lighter, a little bit more approachable. All great breweries, definitely worth to check out, like any of your Ontario breweries that you are going to be checking out when you after you listen to this podcast. And also, want to learn a little bit more about beer? Want to learn a little bit more about wrestling? Come down to Ottawa, it's June 17th, for a brew donkey tour with Hops and Elbow Drops. We'll be showing you around uh, the Ottawa brewery scene, as well as checking out a C4 wrestling show. Want to learn about a little bit both of them? Come down to Ottawa. It's a good time. Buy your tickets now. all that information on the brew donkey website. And, yeah, and if you follow us on Hops or Elbow Drops, all that good stuff. H- Hops and Drops on Twitter. Uh, we'll be posting information about that. Hops and Elbow Drops on Facebook. Um, yeah, follow us on both those locations for news and updates about both the tour and the podcast and just general world of wrestling kind of stuff. Hey, anyways. Yeah, I think that's all from us today. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. You'll hear from us again next week. We'll probably be talking about this this show that we've been hyping up, the WCPW Canadian uh, Pro Cup World Cup of Wrestling Qualifiers. Uh, we will be there next Sunday. Uh, so that's Sunday the 14th, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We'll be talking about all about that. And so we hope to see you or see that you have listened to that next week. Uh, that's all for now. Hey, peace out, folks. Bye-bye. Bye.